0: We're going to start in Ephesians 5, which is where we've been the entire series, Ephesians 5. And again, this whole series on wisdom has been based off of this verse. The best question ever is based off of this verse. Here it is. Be very careful, then, how you live, Paul says. Be very careful. Be very careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be do not be." Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. These three verses have, have been able to, uh, to create a whole uh, series for us called The Best Question Ever. And the best question ever is this. In, in light of your past experiences, your current circumstances, and your future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Not what is the right thing to do, not what is legal or illegal, but what is the wise thing? thing to do. And this whole series is based on this. This is the best question ever. If you use this question in your life, if you ask yourself this question in small situations and big situations from the ages of 11 to the ages of 80, 90 until you die, if you use this to make your decisions, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, Listen to me, I love you guys and I want the best for you and God wants the best for you a lot more than I want the best for you because he loves you a lot more than I love you. But in light of my past experiences, current circumstances, the future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? If you ask yourself that question and maybe you haven't been to this entire series, this is the first time, here's the question. You're caught up now. And this is everything we are talking about. This will lead you into wisdom and lead you into a place where you don't have to make mistakes and hurt yourself and hurt other people as you live life. You can actually live a life with very uh, few regrets, and with freedom, and with some amazing things. But if it was all about the question, if it was all just about asking ourselves a question, then we probably could have done what I just did, and that would have been it. And if anybody has ever read this book, uh, like I did 12 years ago, your life would be perfect ever since you read that book. But that's that's not the case, because asking yourself the question is not enough, is it? Because if you just ask yourself the question, and an answer comes to your mind, and you know what is wise and you don't do anything, well then, it's pointless. You're still going to make mistakes. You're still going to go through life just, just, just kind of messing yourself up over and over and over again. And so, here is what tonight is all about. When you know the wise thing to do, just do it. When you know the wise thing to do, just do it. If you're taking notes, write that down. When you know the wise thing to do, just do it. Don't don't do this whole thing where, hey, I know what's wise and I'm just going to kind of sit on it and be like, "Eh, you know, I I don't really I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. I'm not sure if I really want that. I want you to actually do it, because um, if you were here last week, you know that uh, uh, Cole talked about this story in First Kings 12. And there's this king of Israel. So he's a king of an entire nation, much more, uh, much more authority than a president. He becomes king of, of, of Israel. His name's is King Rehoboam. And he becomes king of Israel. And his dad was Solomon. His dad was the king of Israel. And his dad was kind of tough on people. Um, and, and so as he becomes king, like his first day in office, everybody's like, hey, we really want you to be a little easier on us. Your dad was a great guy, but like life was hard. And. Could you just be a little bit easier on us? And we'll we'll like serve you forever and all that kind of stuff. And he says the right thing. He says, you know what? I'm not sure. Let me think about it. So he gives himself some time. And he says, I'm going to come back in a few days. So he goes out of the situation, out of the emotion of the situation, and he just sits and thinks about it. And then he realizes, I'm not sure what's wise here. I'm not sure what I should do. And so then he makes another good decision. He says, I'm going to go to people who do know what to do. So he goes to his father's advisors, all these old guys that had been advising his father his whole life. And his father was the wisest guy. He surrounded himself with the best people. So he goes to all these people and he says, hey, guys, what do you think I should do? And this is what they tell him. Well, you know, if you were to just be easier on the people, they would give you anything. They would be, this nation would thrive. They would love you like crazy if you just kind of give them a little bit more grace than your dad did. And so he does everything right. He finds wise counsel. He gets a wise answer. He knows what to do. And then he did what he wanted to do. He just did what he wanted, which is basically what all of us do. Essentially, we do what we want in life. We do exactly what we want. If you really want to go to something, I've seen, I've done it before. Like, when you like somebody, you want to spend time with them for the first time, you will, like, move heaven and earth. Oh, I have a project to do, but I'm going to push that away. I'll call in sick. I'll tell my mom and dad some lies. I'll, I'll, I'll ditch my friends because I'm going to hang out with this girl or guy tonight, and I'm just going to make it happen. But if you don't want to do something, we all know what happens. We will find any reason not to do it. We'll find any reason, ah. Oh, you know, I stubbed my toe earlier and it's kind of like i getting infected and so there's some weird stuff in it. You just make up lies. You'll just like, you'll say all this random stuff so that you can get out of the situation. And so ultimately we do what we want. And King Rehoboam just did what he wanted. And very soon after, the nation fell apart. An entire country, millions of people fell apart. Hundreds of years of building up this kingdom just fell apart because he knew what was wise and he did not do it. So when you know the wise thing to do, just do it. Has anybody ever heard of the word sabotage? Sabotage. Here's what sabotage means. It means to deliberately destroy, damage, or obstruct something. You might have heard it used by politicians. Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump said about each other every day, oh, he's sabotaging my campaign. He's sabotaging my campaign. They're telling lies. She's telling lies. All that kind of stuff. Uh, Politicians use it a lot. Um, You might uh, have heard it said... um, Maybe you've liked somebody before. I remember this like happened with me. Like, you, you, know, you like somebody, and then you tell your friend, and they kind of secretly like that same person. And so they sabotage all your plans to get with that person. Um, and so that is what sabotage is. They are deliberately trying to get in your way. They're trying to destroy or damage or obstruct something. Well, there's something in psychology known as self-sabotage. That's the name of this sermon, self-sabotage. And here is the definition of it from psychology today. It says this, behavior that creates problems and interferes with long-standing goals. Make, makes sense. It's, it's sabotaging yourself, literally. Behavior, things that you do that create problems and interfere with long-standing goals. Here are some examples, um, <clears throat> and, and they, might, they use this in the article I was reading. Drug use, um, people that are addicts, people would say, well, that is a self-sabotaging behavior. That is a behavior that literally will create problems for you, for your relationships, for you financially, for your body, health, all that kind of stuff, and it will interfere with your future. Or, or, or people have said it about... Um, and people that get into bad relationships. thats uh, For some people, that kind of follows them around, and, and, and I've heard like high school girls be like, oh my gosh, I always fall for the wrong guys. Like, uh, I don't know what to do. Like, oh my gosh, well, you date jerks, and so you, you have these problems following you around. You're sabotaging yourself, but, but sometimes it, it's kind of common in middle school, high school, but there are people that throughout their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, they just sabotage their lives because they continually go to bad relationships. And maybe it's because they were abused at one point. Maybe it's because they think they deserve uh, not much. Maybe it's because they just are kind of desperate for love, and so they just go after whoever they can. But whatever the, whatever the case, <clears throat> people would say that is self-sabotage. That is a self-sabotaging behavior, and it's easy to see in those things, right? We can see it in other people, but the truth is we all commit the crime or, or the behavior of self-sabotage sabotage. When King Rehoboam knew what was wise and he didn't do it, guess what he was doing? He was sabotaging himself. He was ruining his life. He was ruining his family's life. He was ruining a nation's future. And the truth is, whether you're in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, up till twelfth grade, if you're an adult in this room, we have all done this. I have done this so many times where we sabotage ourselves. And here is the problem. Here is the reason we usually do this. Here it is. We often trade what is best for us for what we want in the moment. We often trade what is best for us for what we want in the moment. I'm going to say it one more time because I, I want you to make sure you, you grasp this truth. This is why we sabotage ourselves. Because we often trade what is best for us or what is wise for us for what we want in the moment. Here's an example. I think we would all agree, all agree, if, if we're all mature and we're rational and we're not joking around with our friends, that <clears throat> in any situation, a a boyfriend or girlfriend cheating on their partner, their, their spouse, whatever it is, their fiance, is an unwise choice. It is going to bring about lots of problems. It's gonna bring about um, tears. It's gonna bring about arguments. It's gonna bring about... Um, apologies. It's going to bring about begging to take me back or, or fights. It's going to bring about burnt bridges. It's going to bring about that thing where it's like, whose side are you on? Are you on my boy's side or my girl's side? All that kind of stuff. And, and, you, and you have to take sides. It drags all your friends into it. If it's someone who's married, it's going to, uh, it's going to negatively affect the kids. It's going to negatively affect your, your, your finances and your marriage and, and everything. We all know that there are huge consequences to cheating on someone. And yet, yet, It is very, very common. Why? Because of this. We trade what is best for us. We trade what is wise for what we want in the moment. Because we get into a situation where we're with some guy or some girl, and we say, I cannot control myself. And for two minutes or three minutes or this short fleeting time of pleasure, we say, I'll trade it all. I don't care. I don't care about the future. I'll worry about the tears later. I'll worry about the begging my way back into the relationship later. I'll worry about the kids later. I'll worry about the money later. I'll worry about my future later because I want what I want in the moment right now. It's true. This is why we sabotage ourselves. And, and, and maybe that's not your example, but there's so many examples, even like stuff like studying. Like when you don't study, you're sabotaging yourself because you're saying, I want TV in the moment more than I want a good grade later. And then later you'll be like, why, why did I do that? Well, you sabotage yourself. You d- you knew the wise thing to do, but you did not do it. And so here is my message for you tonight. Stop sabotaging your life. Exclamation point. Very simple. Stop sabotaging your life. Hey, I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to point at them like angrily. All right? Come on, I need to see some points. And I want you to say, stop sabotaging your life. All right, all right, all right, all right. Now I need you to turn to the other neighbor. I need to turn to the other neighbor that you didn't care about first. And I want you to tell them, stop sabotaging your life, go. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's bring it back, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Stop sabotaging your life. A very simple message. And as I go through this a little bit, I'm going to just tell you, I might get heated a little bit, and I want you to know why, because I love you, and because I literally don't want you to sabotage your life. I can't tell you how many stories I hear, and and times you come to me, middle schoolers, high schoolers, all that kind of stuff, and you tell me things where you sabotaged your own life, where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't get out of this situation because you sabotaged yourself, and my hope for you is that you don't sabotage your life. And again, God loves you far more than I do. And he cares about you far more than I do. And he's the one that is the author of all wisdom. And he wants you to know tonight, stop sabotaging your life. Because here's what we're saying when we know the wise thing to do and we don't do it. Listen to this. This is very important because this will kind of like get you to the heart of yourself and and your personality and all that. If you know what's wise and you don't do it, here's what you're saying. I do not have my best self-interest in mind. I actually don't want what's best for me. I know that sounds weird because we're all like selfish and we all want what's best for us and we want what we want, when we want it, and all that kind of stuff. But the truth is, when we know what's wise and we don't do it, we are saying, I don't care about myself. I don't care about my future. And as I'm saying that, you're saying, well, that's not true. I don't feel that way, but you're living that way. And I live that way. And I'll do things that are not in my best self interest and it's because i want something in the moment more than i want what is wise or what is best for me <clears throat> and the bible is is so amazing and when i was when i was your age and people would tell me that i'd be like yeah i mean it's great and i have my little my little bible and i read it and some of it i don't understand but like whatever like and i didn't really get it and and, I, and so maybe you're thinking that right as i say it but please listen to me the bible is so great so great so great because it is relevant in every situation. I used to hear people say that, and I'd be like, no, it's not, because it doesn't speak about this that I go through right now, and this, it doesn't talk about technology, it doesn't talk about, like, the United States of America, and I don't see that in there. The cool thing about this is that it applies to any situation. It applies to anything in life, and you're going you're gonna to be amazed when you read this um, with me. Romans 7, Romans 7, we'll put it up on the screen, Romans 7, starting in verse 15. This is, again, Paul. Paul, the apostle, the greatest pastor in the Bible. He shared and planted so many churches, it's unbelievable. And here is what he says, this holy man of God. Here's what he says. Listen to this and tell me, tell me if you don't think the Bible is relevant, if you don't think it's a miracle that 2,000 years ago, a guy on the other side of the world in a different culture and a different age wrote this, this truth, this amazing truth. Listen to this. And it's so, oh my gosh, it's so simple. And it's so, uh, like, plain. And sometimes we don't get this from the Bible, but here we do. Romans 7, starting in verse 15. I do not understand what I do. Listen to, listen to the amazing Paul and, and the guy that, is, that has done so much. Here's what he says. I do not understand myself. I, I don't get it. He's writing to this, 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 this group of Romans, and he's saying, I don't understand myself. What I'm doing. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, not what I dislike, what I hate, I do. If you're honest with yourself, you've felt this before. You've done something and you say, I hate that I made that decision. And yet, you did it. Why? If you care about yourself, if most of us are selfish individuals, we want what's best for us, why would we do what we hate to do? And yet, Paul says, I don't understand what I do. I I don't get myself. For what I want to do, I do not do. But for what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. Verse 18, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is, in my sinful nature, in my body. He's like, "I, I I know that my heart's not pure. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. Like your heart, following your heart's a terrible decision. Because your heart will lead you astray, because we are all just selfish and, and imperfect people, all of us. doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, how many verses you know, you're, you're messed up. And so he says in 18, I know that good does not dwell in me, for I have the desire, listen to this, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Keep in mind, this is not written like yesterday. I didn't write this for my sermon. This was written 2,000 years ago by a guy on the other side of the world and maintained through the years and the years and the years so that we could see it today. And he's saying the exact same thing. He's saying, I'm sabotaging myself. I've messed up my life. Why do I do this? I hate what I do. And then when I want to do something, I cannot do it. I can't carry it out. He's saying, I know what's wise, but I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Verse 19, for I do not do the good I want to do. But the evil, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. And verse 21, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Evil is right there with me. But, oh, no, 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 verse 22, for, for I see in my inner being Or or for in my inner being, I delight in God's law. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. There are a lot of us in this room. I would say the majority of the people in this room are Christians. And that we would say, this is true, in our inner being, we delight in God's law. We want what God wants. We come in here, we raise our hands, we go on the mission trips, and we spend money. We spend hard-earned money to go on mission trips and camps and and Epworth and all those things. We read the Bible. We might wake up early, some of us, or stay up late to read the Bible. We like God. That's why we sing the songs and we do the series and all that stuff. We like God, most of us. And we delight in God. And we're like Paul. In our inner being, we delight in God's law. But, but, I think you're going to see something about yourself, and it might explain some of, like, the problems that you face. But I see another law at work within me. I see another law at work in me. Waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. And this is how he ends. What? This is his conclusion. The, the great, one of the greatest evangelists of all time, the greatest pastors of all time, this is what he says, what a wretched man I am. Hmm, that's nice. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. The bang, go ahead and come back up. And and this is where, again, what what I'm going to say, it it may get a little bit um, aggressive, and it may be a little bit, uh, it may sound like I'm angry. I'm not. I I just want to protect you. I want you to stop sabotaging your life. I want myself to stop sabotaging my own life. And so I'm just going to go through some things. And maybe they relate to you, and maybe they don't. Maybe maybe they do, and maybe they don't. Maybe you come in here, and you say, I delight in God's law, but... I'm dealing with this, this, and this, and I'm, not just, I'm just not being wise. I know what's wise and I don't do it. Maybe you come in here and you're like, man, I got dragged here. I don't believe in this junk. Or maybe I do believe in God, but I really think it has nothing to do with me. And I just want you guys to listen. I want you to consider that God may know better than you. just want you to consider it. That someone outside of you may know better than you. That someone may care about you more than you care about yourself. And so I'm just gonna go through some ways we're sabotaging ourselves. And things that I hear where you're sabotaging yourself. I mean, there's some of you that can't control your junk and you can't control your lust. And you are doing things with your body, maybe to people in this room, maybe to people you're dating, maybe to people that you're not dating, maybe to people that you met on a Friday or Saturday night. You are doing things with your body that are sabotaging your life. They're sabotaging your life. They're sabotaging your future. They're sabotaging your emotions. They're sabotaging that other person. They're sabotaging your friends. They're sabotaging everything because you can't stop hooking up with somebody, some girl or some guy, and you are just you can't control yourself. And you're sabotaging your life. Some of you constantly put yourself in bad situations. I'm not saying you do bad things. You put yourself in bad situations. I think we'd all agree that an alcoholic should not go to a bar, right? Can we, do we agree on that? Because they are going to put themselves in a situation where there's going to be alcohol and they might drink. But yet, we do it all the time. I'll never get up here and say, you can't go to a party. Or partying is wrong. (laughs) Who cares about a party? Jesus went to parties. Jesus went to dinner. He hung out with some really bad people. But guess what he didn't do? Do what they did. And yet, many of you who struggle with the things that go on with certain people and in certain environments... Put yourself in those situations over and over again. Guess what you're doing? You're sabotaging yourself. You're putting yourself in a situation or in a relationship that is going to sabotage your life. Maybe it's that guy or girl you're talking to. Maybe it's your best friends, and, and you know every time you get around them, you turn into a jerk, or you turn into someone who just does stupid stuff. Well, guess what? You're sabotaging yourself until you act Differently, until you say, I know what's wise and I'm actually gonna do it this time. And yet you just keep putting yourself in the bad situation or in that relationship or hanging out with that person that you know is dragging you to your doom and you're sabotaging yourself. If you think I'm not speaking to you, I'm probably speaking to you. If you're kind of losing your, your mind and you're kind of distracted, I'm probably talking to you and, and someone's trying to distract you or Satan's trying to distract you from this, but I want you to hear this. This is for you, I promise you. There's some people in this room that I know are putting themselves in bad situations. You did it last night. You did it Friday night. You put yourself in a bad situation. And maybe you gave into it. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. And again, this, isn't, this doesn't make God love you any more or less. But God wants what's best for you. He doesn't want to see you just screwing up your life. And so that's why he tells us, come on, do the wise thing. Let's keep on going. And maybe that other stuff didn't have to do with you. But, but maybe, it's, maybe it's you're just like ignoring your quiet times. And you just, you constantly pick Netflix or video games or hanging out with friends or sleep over your quiet time. And guess what you're doing? You're sabotaging your relationship with Jesus. You're not making him love you less. You're just drawing, you're not drawing yourself near to him. You are kind of falling away because you're not spending the time with him that you need to spend with him. And you've got to make a decision. I've got to stop thinking to do it. Stop setting that alarm clock and just pressing snooze. Stop saying, I'll get to it later. Man, I do this. I did it last, I, I did it today. I woke up early and I didn't do my quiet time. Why did I not do it? Because I was sabotaging myself. I was sabotaging my relationship with Jesus. And we all do it. But that doesn't mean we have to continue to do it. Maybe you don't know how to control your tongue. You can't control your mouth. And you find yourself getting in this trouble that you don't intend to be in. You don't intend to hurt your friends. You don't intend to hurt your, your boyfriend or girlfriend. You don't intend to hurt your parents or your siblings. And yet you cheat. You just keep on doing it. And, and I've done this. And I've grown a lot in it, but I still do it. And Courtney, Courtney Stallman, is she still here? She leave? Okay. Courtney Solomon can tell you this, man. I, I used to tear her down all the time in, in high school. I made her cry. I would say things that I was like, oh, gosh, I shouldn't have said that. Especially when the tears start streaming and I'm like, oh, Ryan, you did it again. You're sabotaging her and you're sabotaging yourself because you're, you're tearing someone down. And I still do it with care. And I'll say something in the wrong tone of voice. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, uh, I did it again. Why did I do that? Why am I sabotaging myself? I'll sit there, we're in an argument or something. And I'll sit there and I'll turn over in bed and I'll be like this. And I'll be like, Ryan, stop doing this. Ryan, stop doing this. Say you're sorry. Do it. Do it now. Do it. And then I like clench on my body pillow tighter. I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to do it. I don't have a body pillow. I'm a man. <laughs> So anyway, sorry, sorry. The music's playing. We gotta be holy. Okay. So, so listen. So, so I'm, uh, uh, i I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I, I, I need to, I need to control my tongue, and I don't do it. Why don't I do it? Because I'm sabotaging myself. And some of you think, oh, you know, they'll love me. They'll still like me. And you're gonna find yourself eventually alone, because the people right now, maybe they don't say anything. Maybe they keep hanging out with you because they're scared of you. But you need to control your tongue, or, or else you're just gonna look up and be lonely, because torn everybody down and you've sabotaged your life. And some of you are addicted to pornography. And I want to address this separately from the hookups because it is a separate situation. Many of you are tearing your life apart because you cannot control what you look at. And guess what? That's not gonna go away. You think it's gonna get better when you live by yourself in college? Uh-uh. You think it's gonna be better when you get married? Uh-uh. If you're addicted to something you're gonna stay addicted to it. And so you are sabotaging your life because you cannot control yourself and you know what's wise and you don't do it. I'm not willing to let somebody into my life. I'm not willing to let my, my friend in, my life group leader, my parent because, because it's, it's my situation. You're sabotaging your life. And some of you, a lot of you, and I know it, and this doesn't make me love you any less, this doesn't make God love you any less, but a lot of you struggle with substances and I don't know what your substance of choice is. The most prevalent things, alcohol, marijuana, but, but, but whatever it is, some of you are sabotaging your lives. And there are people that meet in the house out back, Alcoholics Anonymous, and, and drug groups that meet in that house right back there where we meet for life groups. And they would come in here and they would tell you, do not do it. Don't go down that road. Stop doing it. It's not cool. It's not going to help your life. And you, I, I, I know you guys think it's so great. And you do it so that people will like you. And you do, it. Please listen to me. Please, 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 please. It's not worth it. You are going to sabotage your life, your health, your finances. And I've had friends that have just wasted thousands and thousands of dollars on drugs and alcohol. Why? They've done things they didn't intend to do. They do things, and, and, and it seems funny in the moment. You have a Saturday night, and everyone's laughing, and we're throwing up everywhere, and we're hooking up with each other, and it's all great. It's like we're in a movie. It's like college. No, it's not. You're sabotaging your life. Listen to me. I love you. Stop doing it stop doing it. Some of you love Jesus and you're still sabotaging your life. It doesn't mean you don't love Jesus, but you go on a Saturday night and you say, I love Jesus, but, but I'm just going to put you on the side right here and I'm just going to do what I want. I'll repent at Epworth. It's all good. No, don't sabotage your life. Here's the way Paul ends the message. Here's the good news. In Romans seven twenty five, we stopped one verse soon because I wanted to save the good news for last. After 24, he says, what a wretched man I am. Who will say, rescue me from this body that is subject to death? He's saying, I'm hopeless. I don't do what I want to do. I do do what I don't want to do. I'm messed up. I hate my life. I hate myself. Why am I doing this? I have no hope. And then he says these amazing words in verse 25. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thanks be to God. Who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Here's the truth. We can only change by drawing near to God. That's your change agent. That's the power that changed Paul from a murderer, from someone who hated Jesus, into somebody who was one of the greatest change agents in the history of the church, who led thousands and thousands of people to Christ because he drew near to God through Jesus. Jesus delivered him, changed him. And so if, you, or if you're sitting here and you're saying, yeah, that's me. I've messed up. I, 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 just, I just can't control myself. I don't know why I do it. I, I don't know why I did it last night or last week. I, I don't know why I put myself in those situations. I don't know why I put those things in my body. I don't know why I hang out with those people. Why am I doing this? Join the club. We're all like that. We all mess up. But here's the hope. We are delivered through Jesus Christ. Our Lord, we can only change by drawing near to God. And so here's here's what I want to do first. And this one we're just gonna do with heads up and all that kind of stuff because I, I think this requires boldness, and sometimes we I just think this is important. So here's what I want to do. Some of you in this room are Christians, you're Christians, you love Jesus, you're saved, you're loved by God, everything's gravy, but like you are still living a life that is just sabotaging yourself. And if that's you and you just wanna if you just wanna say, Man, I, I need to I need to do some, some things different. On the count of three, I'm not, this isn't a salvation invitation. This is a, I'm messed up, and I want God to change me, and I just want to be prayed over. I'm going to ask you to do something bold. I'm going to ask you to stand up on the count of three. You don't have to go anywhere. I'm just going to ask you to stand up. And I think if you want to do it with your eyes closed so that you don't see anybody seeing you, and you, and you just kind of do one of these, and you just stand up, and then when I say sit down, then you sit down, and then you can open your eyes. Fine, do that. Do whatever you got to do. But I want you to take the first step to act, to not just say, I acknowledge wisdom. It's great. But I want you to actually say, yes, I'm going to say that I need to act on wisdom. I need to start doing it. I need to stop sabotaging my life. That's you on the count of three. You love Jesus, but you're sabotaging yourself. On the count of three, I want you to stand up. One. Two, don't worry about anybody around you. Three, stand up. Stand up. Stand up if that's you. You're sabotaging yourself. I'm standing up too. sabotage myself all the time. And not everybody has to stand up. If, if you don't need to stand up, if you feel like oh, I'm good right now, don't stand up. This isn't like a, like a holy war or something. We're just, we're just saying, hey, I need something. And, and maybe if you're sitting, I want you to put your hand on somebody as we pray for them. Put your hand on somebody, grab somebody's hand because we're all imperfect. We all need Jesus. We all need a savior. I just wanna pray over you. Jesus, Lord, you love us too much to let us be the way we are. You love us too much to let us stay the same. So, Lord, I pray that we would act differently. Not so that you love us more, but so that, we, so that we could live a life that is abundant. So we can stop messing up our lives. Lord, I pray over the people in here struggling with substances, struggling with bad relationships struggling with parties, struggling with, with pornography, struggling with selfishness and pride, struggling with their tongue and the way they speak to people, struggling with, with good decisions when it, good and bad decisions when it comes to spending time with God or spending time in studies, whatever, whatever it is, Lord. I pray over each person in this room, students, adults, everybody, where we sabotage ourselves. I pray that we will stop he, knowing what is wise and we will start doing it. That we will ask ourselves, what is the wise thing to do? And when we figure it out, we actually do it. Lord, I pray for courage to make tough decisions, to take action, to be different. I pray for courage for the high school guy that's lived his life in a way the last couple of years that he's ashamed of right now and feels like he can't get out of it. And I don't know who that is right now, but I pray over that guy. I pray that he would know that you love him and that you will give him the courage to change. Not by himself, we can't change ourselves. Lord, I pray that we would draw close to you so that you will change us. That we'll be like, like Paul who said, I need a savior, I need someone. Thanks be to God because I needed help. Lord, I pray we would just be like Paul and say, man, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I need someone to help me. Thanks be to God who saves me through Jesus. Lord, I pray that we'll be different, that we won't just acknowledge you as Lord, but that we will live as if you are Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Grab a seat. And I want to do one more response. I can't leave. Um, and, I, and I want to thank you guys for, with that That had the boldness to stand up. And because that is a step in the right direction, because you're not just hearing it and thinking, oh yeah, I should probably do that. You're actually stepping out. But for those of you, we're going to do this quickly. For those of you who don't know Jesus as Lord, we're going to bow our heads, close our eyes. For those of you who don't know Jesus as Lord, and you want to know Jesus as Lord, you heard all that thing. Thanks be to God. I, I don't have that relationship with Jesus. I need to have that relationship with Jesus. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. If you want to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you want to pray this prayer, the Bible says you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to get all your stuff together. You don't have to stop that addiction. You don't have to fix yourself. You just have to say, I want to be in a relationship with Jesus. And pray a prayer that comes from your heart, where in your heart you acknowledge Jesus as the Son of God, as Lord of your life. So if that's you, on the count of three, I know there's somebody in this room. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Because I want you to remember the time where you raised your hand. If somebody says, hey, when did you come to Christ? Hey, March 5th, 2017, I raised my hand to say yes to Jesus. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand and pray this prayer with me. One, God loves you. Two, you'll never be the same. Three, raise your hand. Raise your hand if that's you. Raise it high. Raise it high and pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I'm yours. Jesus, I need you. I'm messed up. I believe you are the son of God, that you love me so much that you went to the cross. I pray that you would change who I am from the inside out. I want to follow after you. I want to spend eternity with you. It's in your name we pray.